I'm doing an episode today because I've gotten messages from people about my stance on churches being closed in Ontario. It seems that some people think that I sound angry on social media. So I'm going to be really, really clear today. Okay, we're back with another episode, and it's been a long time since I put out my last episode. I've been putting out my church history episodes pretty regularly, once a week, but I haven't gotten around so much to this podcast, but I am going to try to actually do maybe even dailies coming up now, but they'll be short, and not all of them will go into the history like I've done before. I am working on one for tomorrow that goes into the history, though. That's pretty cool, and you're going to want to check it out. But for today, I wanted to answer the question, why do I sound angry when I'm talking about the closures of churches in Ontario? Well, I sound angry because I'm angry. I'm upset with the government, but quite frankly, I always knew Canada would fall in my lifetime and our freedoms to worship God would be taken away. I'm going to talk about how I always knew that in the next episode. But for now, let me just say it was always a matter of when, not if, in my mind. So I'm sad and upset with the government, disappointed, but with the church, with fellow Christians? Yes, I'm angry, because we are the bride of Christ. Jesus built the church and he gave the responsibility to care for it to us. We are supposed to do as he commanded And that has always involved meeting together, having communion together, fellowshipping together. Can we do church online? Well, we can do the fake, commercialized, seeker-friendly version of church online. We can listen to a band followed by a TED Talk. But that's not church. That is a show. Church is talking to the people sitting around you before and after the service. It's the conversations about struggles you're having. It's the moms in the nursery sharing their parenting journey. It's struggling with a sin and knowing you're going to be sitting in church next to other people struggling and looking them in the eye when they ask how you're doing. It's kids playing together after the service. It's noticing that someone who normally sits near you isn't there and then checking in on them during the week to see if they're okay. Now, a lot of these things have been missing from churches, and slowly, over the last few years, church has become more and more of a production, and less and less of a family. For pastors who believe that as long as everyone has a chance to see you and hear you, then they had church, can you just stop for a second and think about how narcissistic that is? The church is all of us. The church isn't you and your show. People have also pointed out that some of the churches in Ontario that have not closed down don't have correct theology. In fact, people have written full articles about it and blogs about it, and people have tried to shame me for standing with those churches. This is similar to the attacks I receive when I speak at pro-life events that have been paid for and organized by Catholics. My fellow evangelical friends will get angry with me and say I shouldn't attend or speak at these events. My response is always, 
if the evangelical church would be pro-life and host a pro-life event, I would go. But if the evangelical churches are doing squat about abortion and euthanasia, then I'm going to work with whoever is doing something about it. This situation is similar. While there have been a few amazing evangelical pastors that have stood for the opening of churches, there has been a pastor who's been very vocal this entire year, and that pastor isn't an evangelical pastor. But to be perfectly clear, I believe all churches should be allowed to remain open in Canada, and I will support any church that takes that stand. At the same time, I'm going to point out, as the article that is circulating social media mentioned, that the church they were attacking is growing. And there's concern about that if it's teaching false doctrine. I'll tell you the same thing I told somebody else who messaged me. Imagine for a minute that you own a bakery and you see people lining up for food across the road and you know that the person handing out food is unintentionally giving them poison. You have bread that will literally give them eternal life. Bread that was given to you and you were told to share it with people. Now the starving people are lining up across the road and not coming to you because you closed your bakery and refused to give out bread. There's no one at your bakery getting the bread of life because you're closed. So who's to blame in that situation? And that's us. We have the true bread of life given to us by Jesus Christ. And we've been commissioned to go into all the world and preach this. And Jesus created the church as a means for us to do that. Remember that. Jesus created the church and told us the church was how he was going to spread the gospel around the world. Not through the internet. Not through one pastor standing up and preaching into a camera. Through the church. All of us. And as we complain about the church's opening because they don't believe the theology that we believe, we keep our doors closed. Here are some of the other things that I've been hearing. The church isn't being persecuted. Real persecution is in the Middle East and in China, where people are literally thrown in prison or killed for their faith. Yes, persecution in other countries is worse. However, here in Canada, a pastor friend of mine will end up going to court, and he has a possibility of jail for a year and millions of dollars in fines. Why? Because he didn't close his church. That is persecution. Now, is this happening to very many preachers? No. Hardly any of them are going to go to court. That's because most of them are doing exactly what they're told to do. The fact that your church isn't being persecuted, that's kind of proof that your church is a fake church. We are living in a society that cancels anyone who speaks out against abortion, euthanasia, sexual sins, or just speaks about truth in general. And if that society who cancels anyone who speaks about that likes you, then you might want to question why that is. If you're letting the government decide when your church is open and closed, how many people can attend your church, when you can sing, 
when you can have communion, if you're letting the government decide all of that, of course you're not going to be persecuted. Why would they? The early church under Rome was told that they were allowed to believe in Jesus. They could have their church, as long as they took part in the traditional worship of Caesar. They didn't even have to say anything, just take a pinch of ash and throw it on the altar. Just a pinch was the actual term used. And you know what? Some did. Some agreed to just a pinch. History shows the disagreement the churches had about what to do with the traitors who agreed to just the pinch. Some believed that this was the ultimate, unforgivable sin. Let me ask you this question, Christian. What's your red line? What is the point and where is the point when you refuse to follow the government? Because if your red line isn't the government deciding when you're allowed to open or close the church, when you can sing, when you can take communion, who you can let into your church, if your red line isn't when the government makes you take names that the government can then ask for and you promise you'll provide, if you're fine with all of that, I have to wonder if you even have a red line. By the way, you should probably figure out what that red line is because the government is not going to give control back to the church. The last thing I have to say about persecution is this. Countries with persecution have growing churches. People want to know what it is about Christianity that makes people willing to lose everything to follow Christ. China is an example of this. Now, while China has a thriving, growing underground church, it's important to note it also has a weak, faltering, fake, government-sanctioned church. There is persecution in Canada now. Just no persecution for the government-run, sanctioned churches. And if you're not feeling persecuted, you might want to look into that. That's one of the things I hear, the we're not being persecuted. The other thing I hear is that the church is closed to save lives, that you care about lives. Now, I would buy that if the church had not been silent on abortion and euthanasia. In 2020, 2,079,750 people died worldwide from the virus. Let me say that number again. 2,079,750 people died worldwide from the virus. That is a lot of people, and that is sad. Those are lives lost. And of course we care about that. Today, as I record this, it's January the 20th, 2021. Do you know how many lives have been lost worldwide by abortion so far in 2021? 2,187,180. 2,187,180. That's so far in January of 2021. And we've only had 20 days so far. So in the first 20 days of this year, we've had more deaths from abortion than all the deaths from the virus in the year 2020. So far, since the year 1980, we've had 
162,325 deaths from abortion. And by the time you listened to this podcast, that number will have changed. Because just today, more than 80,000 lives were lost from abortion. I will put a link to that in the comments for you. So here's the thing. When the church is silent on this huge number of deaths, let me change that, this huge number of murders, murders of tiny human beings, then I call bull that you suddenly care about lives. Chances are that babies are being murdered down the street from your church. In fact, some of those babies should be in your church nursery. I speak to moms who are planning on getting abortions to try to convince them to let their babies live. And some of those moms are in youth groups of evangelical churches. My children attend a Christian school, and most of the students are pro-abortion because the church they attend has never given them a reason to be pro-life. Since euthanasia has become legal in 2016, there have been doctors who have refused to participate. These brave doctors have been fighting for the right to refuse to participate in both euthanasia and abortion. The church in Canada has not spoken out to support these doctors. But even worse than that, literally the exact same people who are fighting to force these doctors to participate in killing human beings are the exact same people who are deciding that churches must be closed. That's right. These health experts that pastors are saying they need to listen to are the same people who want to force doctors to kill. The same people who believe children who are confused about their gender should be given body-destroying drugs. And the same experts that stand for everything God hates are the experts that pastors have given control of their church to. So yeah, I'm a little angry. When I ask pastors why they don't speak on abortion or euthanasia, I get two responses. One, politics don't belong in church. And two, we don't want to make people uncomfortable because church should be a place everyone is welcome without judgment. Boy, did we throw those two things right out the window. Now the church is totally political and definitely took sides on this very political issue. And definitely, they don't care about people being comfortable. For the brief window when church was opened, there was no leeway for people not comfortable with registration or wearing a mask. And definitely, the church is not open for everyone. So, when it comes to murdering babies, and remember, abortion has a zero chance of survival rate, then you don't want to make people uncomfortable. But if the government says to close down because there's a bad cold going around with a 99% survival rate. That you close down for. So I'm sorry, but I don't believe that you care at all about saving lives. I believe you care about saving your reputation. And speaking out and trying to end abortion and euthanasia is going to hurt your reputation. And not following the new religion of government worship will also hurt your reputation. The last thing I hear is this. All the businesses and entertainment industries are closed, so it's fine that the churches are closed. We're not being singled out. If your church is a business, 
Or if your church is entertainment, then you're right. You should go ahead and close it. In fact, it would be best if you didn't ever reopen it. Church was never supposed to entertain us. Church was never a business. But if we are fair, and if we are honest, most churches in Ontario are entertainment businesses. I have sat in many church services in my 40-some years where we prayed for the persecuted church. In every one of those services, someone from the pulpit said, we have to ask ourselves, what would we do if the government no longer allowed us to freely meet? Well, now we know. Nothing. We would do nothing. 